Hello and welcome to Retrospection, a podcast where we take a look at an old film or TV show and decide whether it's ship-shape and fancy-free or deserves to be slapped about a bit, stuffed in an old pot and spat on. Wow. Did you like that? Yeah, don't hold back. Yeah, I know. I'm Paul and I could do the cheeseburger routine. My name's Colin and do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? Do you want me to answer that? No, not really. Just keep going. All right, okay. We'll gloss over that one, will we? Okay. Oh, On this episode... Wait, oh. before we continue, let's have a shout-out to all our Patreon supporters. <laughs> have we got many? And if you'd like to support us on Patreon... <laughs> You can go to Patreon for slash retrospection. On this episode, we'll be discussing the Oscar-nominated, and yes, I did say Oscar-nominated, movie. Was this Oscar Undes- the Grouch from Sesame no, Street? No, the real, the real Oscars. Oh, boy, okay. Yeah, Oscar-nominated it was. Who'd have, who'd have thought it? Oh, Under Siege from 1992. Nice. Just just pausing for, to let people take that in. Okay. What was it nominated right. for? I think it was a sound, best oh. sound. Didn't didn't win. Oh, okay. It did no, sound it... good, though. <laughs> you know those straws that you're grasping for? Mm-hmm. Don't bother. Okay. Uh, the film was directed by Andrew Davis, director of such classics as The Fugitive, Chain Reaction. Yeah, okay. I saw that at the cinema, but okay. Isn't that the movie where um, Keanu Reeves bicycles away from a nuclear explosion? It is indeed, yes. Ah, right, okay. Thought it was. Above the Law, another Steven Seagal classic. Ah. And Collateral Damage. Yeah. Okay, and he hasn't done anything since 2006. I don't know why. I could take a guess. Well, I know Collateral Damage was, uh, had to, wasn't released at the time it was supposed to be because of circumstances going on. I think there was a bombing or something at the time. Right, okay. Isn't that the one where um, Ernie has a fight with a crocodile? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. A, I it was. A, yeah. a CGI, pre-CGI crocodile. Yeah, piss poor crocodile is what you're saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, yes. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's the one. So Under Siege stars Steven Seagal as Casey Ryback. Right. Some great names in this movie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ah. Uh, the great Gary Busey as Commander Krill. Okay, you say great names. Commander Krill. Yeah. Well, I know what you're gonna say. I know yeah. what you're gonna say. Krill is a crustacean found in the ocean, eaten by whales and people, and he's in the navy. I mean, yeah. If he'd been Commander Sparrow, would he have been in the Air Force? In this movie, probably. Yeah. The whole ship basically should have had people named after sea life, right? That, that would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm Midshipman Whale. Ah, Midshipman Whale. What's your purpose on the ship? Oh, my God. You did that whole thing just to get that in, didn't you? Admiral Shrimp. Oh. Lieutenant Plankton. That's what they should have done for the whole film. Don't just do one, because that looks suspicious. That's what makes this movie so good. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones as William Stranix. Yeah, or Scranix, depending on which character is talking to him. Yeah, and I think I wrote both what, both names down in my notes as we went along. Yeah. So, there you go. So I'll probably refer to him as both okay. during this podcast. So. Erika Elianak as Jordan Tate. Nothing? Nope. Oh, okay. 
And Colmini, would you believe it, as Dharma. Yeah, he was good. He was just an angrier Chief O'Brien, wasn't he? So the plot, as it is, is an ex-Navy SEAL turned cook. Yep, that is right. Yeah, so he's a cook on a ship, right? Mm -hmm. They should have cut the film under Sage. (laughs) Oh, is it going to be one of those nights, is it? (laughs) (laughs) That's what they should have done. So he's an ex-Navy SEAL turned cook. And he's the only person who can stop a group of terrorists when they seize control of a U.S. battleship. Sounds good to me. Diehard on a boat, isn't it? That's what they said at the time, yeah, except it doesn't have certain aspects of Diehard. Like a plot, good script. Charismatic leading man. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that, don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) So the the movie had a budget of $35 million, and it grossed... $156 $156 million at the box office. Who are we to laugh at that, Paul? I know. I mean, that's that's a massive hit compared yeah. to the kind of stuff we normally talk about. So this must have been Steven Seagal's biggest film. I would have. Yeah, I, I guess it was. And I had friends who were obsessed with Steven Seagal at the time. They had oh, all these films did. on video or DVD. I think the first Steven Seagal movie I ever saw, I think I watched it with you. Yeah, but I wasn't a huge fan of him. No, and, and in many ways, no one's as obsessed with Steven Seagal as Steven Seagal. That's As true. much as he is. That's true, yeah. So before we get started, uh, let's see the trailer. Why not? Why not? I'll give you two good reasons. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Play it. Why not? It's shorter than the film. <laughs> All right. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. Love you today. They really knocked them dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. The Pentagon never did. Four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Now, a team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Are you like some special forces guy or something? No, I'm just a cook. Oh my God, we're gonna die. This is not the work of a cook. I want you to coordinate your efforts with us. Yes, sir. I see that you completely disobeyed my orders. Roger that. Ryback is an ex-seal. Expert in martial arts. Explosives. Stand back! Weapons and tactics. I also cook. The Nimitz is tracking two tomahawks just launched from the Missouri. Where are they headed? Honolulu. Happy trails. Steven Seagal. I know you, don't I? Tommy Lee Jones. Been a long time. I'll see you in hell, Sailor Boy! Under Siege. Well, that tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? And more than I ever needed to. Yeah. It says, don't watch it, please. <laughs> Spoilers. Have you got anything you want to say, or shall we just crack on? Only that I read that um, <clears throat> Steven Seagal originally turned down the screenplay because the female character's role was too much of a bimbo and 
didn't evolve throughout the film. And then when they changed the script to make her a stronger, uh, more intelligent, and give her some depth, he agreed to do the film. I like to think that's true, but I doubt it. That isn't the version of that story that I read. Oh, you read a different one? I read a different version of that okay. story. I read do a I version need, that... Oh, that... Whoa, whoa, whoa. do I need to call lawyers before this goes forwards? No, no, no. Okay. It, it, it's just something that I read. Who knows if it's true? I'm not saying it's true. But I read that apparently that role, that the female role, wasn't even in the original script. And at Steven Seagal's suggestion, it was inserted because he felt it would be funny if he had a stripper sidekick. Oh, see... Unfortunately, that has more a feeling of truth about it. Yeah, it does have a bit more traction, I think, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Mm. But who's to say? We don't know the guy. No. So that's it for all the fun facts I have. (laughs) Well, I've got a few, but I thought I'll drop them in as we go along, really. Oh, you tease. I know, I know. So we open on a shot of uh, the open sea, Mm -hmm. and we get the huge credit that says... Starring Steven Seagal. Yeah, blue on black, very 90s. It was, yeah, lots of action movies used that, didn't they? So the warship, the USS Missouri, sails into view. Mm-hmm. And the title card zooms in really fast, doesn't it? It flies right over your head. Well, it didn't fly over my head. Flew over my head. Most things do, though. <laughs> See, I, I opened that up for you and you drop right in. Thanks. That's how good we are now. We're like Anton Deck. Oh, wait, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> well, I am <laughs> drinking while I'm driving and doing the podcast. <laughs> exactly like, yeah, but so am I. Oh, oh no, we're both like, whichever one and, is the yeah, one that's like in trouble. Ant and ant. Yeah, we're like <laughs> no, Ant and I don't know who's who. <laughs> You're out of the loop, Colin, you say. Okay, yeah. So we get lots of shots of crewmen going about their business, and we see Casey Ryback. Did, did you see the one guy, he walks past the camera, walks past the dashboard... Flips the switch and keeps walking. No, was I it, didn't notice that one. Was he supposed to do that? Is he just going around going, ooh, look at that, click, walking off, and everyone's going, look, why, why, why have we suddenly armed the weapons? What's going on? Perhaps he just wanted to make sure that his mum noticed him. Oh, well, maybe. But then we only see yeah. the back of him. Yeah, but his mums know, don't they? Yeah, maybe his mum's yeah. glad to see the back of him. Oh, and did you, <laughs> did you think how excited they must have been to get that dolphin shot? Oh, I wonder how long they waited for that. I think it's just an accident. Lucky accident. You reckon? Yeah, no way you could just sit there going, oh, wouldn't it be nice if a dolphin just jumped in front of the ship? How long are we going to be They're there for five days? Just going, oh, when are we going to see some dolphins? <laughs> some dolphins. No, they were just lucky. They could, have, they could have brought their own dolphin. They trained it to jump in front of a battleship. Yeah, I mean, it was the early 90s. I wouldn't imagine that there was much uh, RSPCA going on. Bring in in a suitcase with a bit of water in. Chuck it in. See what happens. Wow. I mean, I'm not condoning it, obviously. No, you're just suggesting that that's what they did. I'm not... Well, I'm just... I'm not... No, hang on. Don't put words in... (laughs) I'm not getting sued by the people people that made this early 90s action movie. And did you notice how many blimpy commercials there were at the beginning? Oh, yeah, tons. Yeah. I didn't know what blimpy Mm. is. Do you so know like, what it is now? It's like, is it like a subway? I guess so. I don't know. But I'm not, I don't see them around, so I guess... Maybe they don't exist anymore. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So we see Casey Ryback, a.k.a. Steven Seagal, and uh, 
lots of crewmen in dress uniform, and they're all berating him on his lack of whites. They're all saying to him, where are your whites? They're now talking about his egg white. <laughs> so we see the captain having a heated discussion on the phone, surrounded by senior officers, and he's telling someone not to worry, it's all going to be fine. And Ryback enters, and the captain orders him to get into his whites. Do you think he's talking to his agent? <laughs> get me out of this, no. <laughs> no, no, he's going like, no, no, it's going to be fine. His agent's going, are you sure you really want to do this? You're a respected <laughs> like, theatrical no. actor. Yes. He, he's, he was quite an old character actor, this guy, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Ryback isn't happy. But the captain says, if I had your ribbons, then I'd wear them to bed. Little pink ones mm-hmm. in his hair. I, did you notice something odd about this whole scene? Go on, tell me. There is only one really quick micro shot of most of them in the same room. Other than that, there is no shot of all those people in the same room. So you think it was all cobbled together? It looks like it, because it even sounds like as if they're saying the lines and then someone else is saying the line, but they're not actually talking to the person they're supposed to be talking to. Could be a reshoot thing. Yeah, it could be. It just looked odd to me. It was oddly shot. Okay. So now Commander Krill, Gary Busey, he tells the captain that Ryback being involved wouldn't be a good idea. Yeah. And Krill gives um, Ryback a classic Gary Busey crazy-eyed thousand-yard stir, doesn't he? He does indeed, yeah. He's full on in this film. He, Oh, yeah, he's going for it big time, isn't he, Gary Busey, in this movie? But you got to admit, we're three minutes in and you pretty much know everything about the film. Yeah, in that respect, it does its job, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ryback's concerned about getting ready for the captain's birthday meal. Mm-hmm. And the captain agrees, saying that, maybe you're right, just don't show your, show your face until after the ceremony. Right. Yeah. It's always good advice to Steven Seagal, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But from this, I presume that we can, I think we can assume that the president, the president's making a visit, and that uh, there's this weird sort of, suggestion that Ryback and the president have a bit of a history that isn't very good, isn't there? But it doesn't go anywhere. Right. And the president is George Bush. Ah. Mm. Who would have thought that was the good old days? <laughs> Did he make you nostalgic? Oh, real tear to my yeah. eye. Mm. Who'd have thought he wouldn't be the worst? Anyway, no politics. Knock it off, We'll try. Well, we'd like to discuss politics that's way out of date anyway, so... That's true. Yeah. 17th century, usually. Oh, that modern? Jeez. <laughs> well, we're modern modern men, aren't we? Okay. So Ryback leaves, but not before exchanging a final sneer with Krill, doesn't he? Yeah. I think it was a sneer. I think it's so. It's hard to tell with Steven Seagal, really. Could have been wind. Could have been. He, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. A lot of that food. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? Uh, we'll mention that in a bit. All right. Okay. So Krill tells the captain, uh, Captain Adams, not to tolerate Ryback because uh, he thinks he's a clone. He's just a cook. Yeah. Clearly not, though, is he? No, clearly not. Because you just said he's but... got ribbons. You think that'd be a clue to the other guy if he's got like, hmm? How can he have all those medals and ribbons then if he's uh, just a cook? Maybe he just makes a killer souffle. You don't know. An actual killer souffle. A killer souffle. <laughs> it goes around killing people. We're sending. We're going to send in SEAL Team 6. No, send in souffle 5. Souffle 5's going in. It's I'll like, say phew. it. 
I'll say it. Better what? movie. <laughs> Just got <laughs> under souffle. <laughs> under souffle. Now that was a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Keep that one. Okay. Wait, it's not even a pun. <laughs> you tell me under yeah, sa- under sage is not job. a good pun. Yeah, all right, it was good. All right, don't yeah. you feel better? Yeah. I'll stroke that ego for you. Don't worry. I don't need your opinion. I got listeners. <laughs> your listeners are my listeners. Yeah, you say that. Oh, it's like that, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the final episode of Retrospection. Uh, I seem to say that a lot, don't I? Every week? Mm-hmm. Well, not every week. Well, you might say it when we're not even recording, so probably every week. <laughs> you just sit just there step... on your bed, rocking in front of the mirror, going, welcome to the last episode. <laughs> even though I'm staring at the wall. Mm. Literally two centimetres away from the wall. Yeah, your head pressed against it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Adam re- Adam's replies to Krill that uh, you've got no idea what that man is. Yeah, the, and after this, we've still got the opening credits appearing. That's what I was about to say. That th- This is still during the opening credits. Yeah, so the opening setup is quicker than the credits. Mm-hmm. In many ways, that's a very economic way of storytelling isn't it really it is yeah you can't really fault it for that no not at all quite impressed actually wow okay i won't go that far but <laughs> so we get a radio announcer doing a voiceover explaining that the uss missouri is today taking part in a ceremony to commemorate 50 years since pearl harbor and that uh after hiroshima the japanese <laughs> sorry i'm just reading my notes I'm not going to read it the way I wrote it. I'm just going to read it the way I should write it, okay? Okay, The way I should say it. All right. After Hiroshima, the Japanese surrendered on the decks of the Missouri. Okay. Sounds all right. It does. It it sounds a lot better than what I wrote. So it's good. I think it's fitting that such a historical, momentous moment should be remembered by an early 90s Steven Seagal action romp, don't you? I can't think of a better way. Neither can I. No. So Rybeck's cooking, and he's watching highlights of the Gulf War on TV, apparently, isn't he? Well, you say cooking. I don't actually see any cooking in this film. I hear him talking about cooking. Well, he doesn't know like he talks about his pies. Yeah, we didn't see him make them. We just threw them in the oven. They look pre-made. <laughs> or frozen ones. There's a serious saying? lack of cooking in this film about a chef. But he's got to be a chef because he's wearing a very fetching chef's hat. I mean, it's huge. It's like the one from The Muppets, isn't it? That's where he keeps his souffle. Is that where it is? He's killer killer one. One. Right. <laughs> I would say they they should use that in the sequel, but they didn't, did they? No, they didn't. No souffles yeah, in the sequel. It's a shame. So he's cracking jokes and he's having fun. Yeah, no work being done. No. So I think this is as good a time as any to just have a brief, very brief discussion on Steven Seagal's acting ability at this point. It's either a masterclass in naturalistic performance or it's just shit, I think. I, I was, it was hard to watch him because, to be honest, he was being out-acted by the spatula that was hanging on the wall. <laughs> it kept trying to steal the show by just hanging there. Don't you find that's what spatulas do, though? They do. They're right, bastards. They do, they do. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile, those spatches, I'm telling yeah. you, no. So, yeah, he's not... I, I don't get the appeal for Steven Seagal. He's not charismatic, he can't act, and 
I'm not even fully impressed with his fighting skills. It's funny because I had this theory that he can only fight in films if there's glass around, like a glass table <laughs> or a glass window, because he has to push them through it. But mm-hmm. then I was watching this, I was going, you know what? I'm going to be wrong because there's no glass on this battleship, so there's no way he could... And then later on, I was proved yep. correct. He finds some, don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what the deal is with him. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about his fighting skills when we get to his fighting skills in the film. But yeah, I, I'm with you. He's he's just... There's nothing there, is there? Like, you take a Steven Seagal a film, and they can be good films, but you know that they would be better if it was anybody else playing that role. The spatula. <laughs> spatula. <laughs> spatula <laughs> fighting a killer souffle. Yeah. Oh, better film. Yeah. Better yeah. film. So we see news footage. I presume it's stock news footage of President Bush and his wife as he gives a speech. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I imagine that they employed Bush, him yeah, for the no, movie. I don't think he turned up. <laughs> where, where shall I stand? Here? Yeah? You want me to just wave? Okay. Maybe they told him it was for a different movie. Yeah, maybe they thought it was Under Bush. Under Bush? Oh, no, that would have been a very different film, sorry. So the announcer tells us that the Missouri is about to be decommissioned. And so we see the ship get underway, and that's that. And we're still in the middle of the opening credits at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. So Commander Harris and the captain are on the bridge, while Lieutenant Smart and Johnson are discussing the upcoming birthday party. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them shows Smart a uh, Playboy centerfold magazine, doesn't he? It does, yeah. And he says that she's Miss July 1989, Jordan Tate. And she's hiding in a cake that's being delivered by helicopter. Mm-hmm. You hungry? Do you fancy a bit of that cake, do you? Well, I was going to say this later, but I figured out that I'd probably be the only heterosexual man on that ship, deeply disappointed that that was not a real cake. <laughs> like no, she, I'll, be there. I'll be there too. She, pop, she jumps out and I'd be like, with my plate going, wait, what? You're saying this, this not real? I was going to give him a slice, a giant cake. What? Oh, naked woman. All right. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. So Lieutenant Ballard is worrying about uh, um, the storage of nuclear weapons. Commander Krill, he's, he's having none of it. And this is all just exposition, 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 isn't it? Yeah, they're telling you why there's a helicopter coming and that they're mm-hmm. uh, not supposed to land. And then there's some people who he's keeping away and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. So back in the galley. And um, did you like my use of galley, by the way? I looked it up. That's what it's called, isn't it? Galley. Yeah, that's what it's called. Excellent. Back in the galley, uh, there's a guy called Q-Ball, and <laughs> he's being high-fived. Yeah. He's being high-fived by everybody. And now uh, Ryback and Q-Ball have a bit of a dance-off, don't they? They do. Yeah, because that's what you always do in the kitchen. It is. And for a second, I was praying that Steven Seagal was just about to throw some shapes, but he doesn't. He kind of, like, jiggles a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Just a bit. But he's having fun. You can tell he's having fun because he's smiling. Is he? I think he's smiling. Oh, okay. It's hard to tell. But unfortunately, um... Paul's died. Uh, this will be the last <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but unfortunately, 
Commander Krill enters and he puts a stop to all the hilarity going on. He does. He, he says, watch it, Ryback. We still have a week together. And he replies, well, I guess that means that I won't see you go through puberty. So what accent is Ryback got in this film? Well, he's just being himself, isn't he? Well, no, because <laughs> at times he sounds like he's Elvis. Oh, he's, he's, isn't he from New Orleans or something? I'm guessing that's where he's supposed to be, but it keeps changing. So. And then at times he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this here on. And then... I think that's just Steven Seagal mumbling. Oh, Because okay. that's what he does. All right. You know, I, I saw a Steven Seagal movie a couple of years ago, one of his recent ones, and he was dubbed. Was he dubbed by Steven Seagal? No, he was dubbed by someone doing an impression of Steven Seagal. Doing an impression of Elvis? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much that. Okay. So Taylor tells um, Ryback to clear out as they're having the captain's dinner flown in from Hawaii. But Ryback says negative. I'm the only person who cooks for the captain. And I'd just be thinking, great, afternoon off. Yeah, that is your work ethic. If that. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor leaves and Ryback takes the piss out of him by doing a hillbilly accent behind his back, doesn't he? Yeah, which sounds like his normal accent and his Elvis Pre accent. Pretty much. But, I mean, Ryback's just coming off as less of a tough guy and more of a cock at this point, isn't he? Yeah, because he's just talking back to his superior officers. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to care. doesn't do any cooking, even though he's a chef. He's just dancing, joking with people. Oh, but we do see skill with a knife because he throws it against a, a, a bit of wood that's fixed to the wall, doesn't he? That's true. Is it not a dirt board? I think it's a dirt. Oh, it's just a piece of wood with it's a red circle painted on it, isn't it? Okay. All right. But, uh, yeah, he throws it at the dirt. That shows his skill with the knife, which could be handy later, don't you could think? Could be, if just to cut some chicken or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he won't be doing that. I'm still hoping this is a cooking film. Keep hoping. Okay. So back in the captain's office, uh, Captain Adams berates Krill about trying to uh, land a helicopter without permission. But uh, once Krill explains that it's uh, a surprise party, he seems perfectly fine with it then, doesn't he? Uh, no, he uses the excuse that the Admiral s suggested it. Ah, so then it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't want to annoy that top brass, do you? No, that's right. Mm -hmm. So Krill says to, uh, to keep up the surprise pretext that uh, it'd be great if the captain could stay in his cabin until they call for him. Yeah, and he just says, wear yes. this, can you just wear this blindfold and tie your hands together while you're at it? Yeah. <laughs> just part of the surprise party. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Well, he, he, he seems quite cool with it because he says he'll be engrossed in a novel. Mm-hmm. The, mm. the film novelization. Just... Oh, God, could you imagine it? He's like, oh, what happens? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Krill seems happy with this and he leaves, but not before he gives an evil sneer to the camera. That's right. Never miss an opportunity. Yeah, he just looks directly at the camera and kind of goes, Ugh. Does he make that car noise? He does. He goes, brum, 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 brum. Okay. Ooh. That's my Gary Busey impression. It's very good. Actually, it's more like, uh, isn't it? That's Gary Busey. Mm. All right. <laughs> Don't know what to do with that, do you? No. There's a reason why you didn't take up impressions as a career. <laughs> Too good. That's what it is. Yeah, holding you back, wasn't <clears> they? <throat> holding you back. They were. They were holding yeah. back. Well, somebody was holding somebody. I'm not sure which way around it was. No. But... So we cut to the helicopter, and on it uh, are the aforementioned uh, Tate, mm -hmm. Erika Elianak, 
uh, a group of soldiers and some obviously evil people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're obviously evil, these people. Absolutely. And a hippie-looking guy who keeps nodding off, who's William Stranix, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So Krill goes to see Ryback, who uh, chews out the staff, t- telling them to uh, report to the party. And Ryback and Krill have a face-off before Krill <laughs> hocks up a greenie and spits it into Ryback's it's prized like, cooking pot. amazing spit, right? He really, like, <laughs> brings it down, goes up, does facial contortions. It's not just a quick <laughs> little spit into the pot. It's like a whole 10-minute routine. It is. He, he, he reached down deep for that, he didn't did, he? yeah. It's crazy. He, I think Gary Buse is just enjoying himself in this film. Oh, I he? think so, yeah. Yeah, and he certainly enjoys himself with what's going to come up soon, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So a fight breaks out, and um, Ryback shows off his expert fighting skills, doesn't he? He does. And you've got to say, I mean, all he does is slap people, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were having a stroke then. <laughs> Not yet. Plenty of time. Yeah, he does. He just, he right. just seems to slap people and push people. He does. So Krill orders him thrown into the meat locker. And we get the line from uh, Commander Krill who says, Now I know why you're a cook. You hit like a faggot. Uh-huh. See? Mm-hmm. I presume he means one of those faggots that you cook. And that's the joke. Do you cook faggots? You can cook a faggot. Can you? Really? <laughs> you can. You can cook a faggot. I thought it was a bundle of sticks. <laughs> oh, it's a traditional dish in the UK. It is. Made it is. Made meat off cuts had... and awful. It is. Well, that, that sounds awful. I've had a faggot. I bet you have. Once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> Pig's heart, liver, fatty belly, meat or bacon. It's very, it's very filling. Are you sure it is? Ugh. Yeah. All right. Yep. So You want one, don't you? So Krill tells uh, a private Nash, who's been told to guard him, that Ryback is a psychopath uh-huh. who hates America. Yeah. And if he is, and if he, if he escapes, he should just shoot him in the head. Yeah, normal practice, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I would be questioning just who the psychopath is here. Though, he would, point. but he doesn't. He doesn't. So inside the meat locker, Ryback quips, another cold day in hell. Funny line. It is, yeah. Anyway, on the helicopter, the hippie guy, Stranix, he's, uh, he's chatting at Tate. He's not chatting to her, he's chatting at her, isn't he, really? Yeah. We should say that, the, uh, as I said, the hippie guy is he's Stranix, and he's playing the most Tommy Lee Jones character of all the Tommy Lee Jones characters I've ever seen. My guess is Gary Boosie and him got together at some point, and they were like, we're going to really turn this to 11. Oh, yeah, and they do, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's doing the the thing that he does later in the Batman movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and it's odd mm-hmm. that um, Steven Seagal is in this film less than those two. There's actually less screen time than either of those. It's very true, isn't it? <clears throat> so the helicopter lands to the sound of her metal. Uh, whose metal? Mm-hmm. Her metal. Whose? Her. Who's she? <laughs> <laughs> So the passengers disembark and everyone rushes to help Tate get off. Yeah, and we get a long shot of a bottom. Yeah, there's a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah. There's a lot of bottom as well. She's wearing just a flimsy top with uh, no back or sleeves and the tightest leather trousers that you've ever seen. 
come on, I was going to talk about the clothes, wasn't I? And there's not much else to talk about. So no, and there are, most of the other people were in uniform. So yeah, shit out of luck there. I, I couldn't help thinking either that she must be bloody freezing. I didn't notice. Were you looking for pointers? <laughs> I was curious to see which way the wind was blowing. <laughs> but no. All right. So at this point, I noticed a tuxedo Colmini. And you went. That's and you went, oh, this film has just been risen by 10 points. I, I did a bit, actually. Yeah, you're like, okay, some class has entered the room. Mm-hmm. So all the crew are whooping or hollering at Tate, aren't they? Yep, they certainly are. Most of them have been at sea for six months. Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing you, there's nothing worse than um, lonely seamen. You would know. <laughs> Tell me about it. So meanwhile, Ryback's uh, calling out to the young ensign that things seem to be uh, a bit strange to him, don't they? Yes. But Krill escorts the uh, escorts Tate through the ship, mm-hmm. who. She's feeling a bit queasy from the helicopter flight. Yeah, she's got motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Krill says, don't let these guys bother you, he says, referring to the crew. But, you know, frankly, the crew's not the one I'd be worrying about if I was standing next to Krill. And he gives her uh, some pills. He does give her some pills. Yeah, for the motion sickness, yeah. he tells her. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what he tells uh, them all. She takes a ton of them. She does, she does. Astranix is apparently the band leader. And he's dancing and strutting his stuff. Mm-hmm. Singing the blues. Mm-hmm. And Tate goes off to change. And meanwhile, Ryback's still moaning, telling uh, his guard to get his pies out of the oven. Yeah, because his pies are in the oven, burning away. Mm-hmm. It's good to see that he's got his priorities straight. It is, although apparently he's going to feed an entire battleship with three pies. Do you not think those pies are just his pies? When he says, oh, get my pies out of the oven, they're just for him. Okay, yeah, that, now that makes more sense. That, that's, it does. Yeah. 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 So Tate, uh, as you say, she takes some of these quotation-marked anti-sickness pills mm-hmm. while Billy announces himself and the band as Mad Billy and the Fabulous Bale Jumpers. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, I've heard of you. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are surrounded by the most suspicious-looking catering staff that I've ever seen in my life. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Ryback's still moaning, and the band is still playing. And in the engine room, the incredibly trustworthy caterers are handing out snacks to everybody. Yeah, volavons and volavons. Yeah. Were you looking that closely? Yeah, they were. What is a volavon anyway? It's a snack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's an appetizer. So then we're treated to the side of Commander Krill, Gary Busey, in full drag. I don't actually get why he's done that. I think he, I think maybe the actor suggested it. He wanted, right, but he brought it for in. For the purpose of the story, how does it help the situation? He's just having a bit of fun. Right. I think he's supposed to, you know, he's meant to be crazy, isn't he, this guy? Yeah, he is. I just didn't get, like... You know, you do it for a distraction, but then it doesn't really distract people because everyone's looking at you. True, I don't, true. I don't, and, and he goes, uh, I, just, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But all right, I'll go with it. He's crazy. Fine. But he's, he's dancing around, suggestively caressing his rather ample fake breasts, and you can see on Gary Buse's face that he's having the time of his life here, can't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing for balloons. Mm-hmm. It's, pro- it's probably this scene that made him... Uh, 
sign on the dotted line, really, wouldn't it? Probably. Mm -hmm. I've got to say, though, that there, there are no words to describe how much this scene disturbed me. What? The sight of Gary Busey looking like that. Why? Did it, caressing himself. Did it remind you of a previous girlfriend? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That was a bit low. Is that what she said? <laughs> yeah, it was, actually. Yeah. No? Well, why, why... Do you not think it was weird, though? It was... No. I don't know, I just find it unsettling. Okay. I think if it was anyone else other than Gary Busey, I'd be fine with it's it. It's just the Gary so Busey part of this. I think so, yeah. That worries you. I find Gary Busey slightly disturbing anyway. When he comes to you at night in your dreams. <laughs> well, he is mad, isn't he? Doesn't he, he? Doesn't he like believe in aliens and all kinds of stuff? Okay. Nothing wrong with that, obviously, but, you know. Right. So one of Rybeck's uh, cooking staff asks where he is, and he's told he's locked in the meat locker. And Ryback's still complaining about his pies and krills spitting into his soup. A smoke starts to billow from the oven. So the guard has to take out the pies. And I was crying at this point because of the ruin. Yeah, and also, the guy that asks where is Ryback and is told he's in the meat locker, he doesn't go down and get him. He doesn't. He just kind of goes, oh, right. Yeah, right. That's, that's normal. Hmm. Remember he's thinking, oh, thank God for that, he's not here. Yeah, Mr. Pushy. Mr. Pushy, Mr. Pushy Slappy. Oh, he's, oh, he's dancing, and all I want to do is bake. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so Krill's still in, in drag, and Dharma go to the captain's cabin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, Gary Busey has the line, feels good walking around in these pantyhose. Mm -hmm. You think that was an ad lib? Maybe, probably not the first time <laughs> he said it. Probably wasn't there. So the captain looks up at Krill as they go in, and um, Krill says, I'm your date tonight. He's probably thinking, I'm a sailor, I've had worse. Probably, yeah. So Stranix goes, gets um, the highest ranking officer to stand up, doesn't he? He says, Who's their highest ranking officer in the room? That's a game you shouldn't play. It's not, no. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you've got a, got a speech impediment. You just secretly take off your, like, stripes or whatever and put them on the guy next to you and go oh he's he's in charge <laughs> well this guy's gonna wish he did because when he stands up he says it's a pleasure to meet him and then he shoots him in the head yeah dead and then all hell yeah. breaks loose it does the the highly suspicious caterers then pull machine guns and everything kicks off and they subdue the room uh krill tells the captain the party's just beginning mm. and then he shoots him dead as well yeah Dharma kills the guard, and um, we get the big twist, don't we, that Krill is in on it. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Neither did I. I presume you're being sarcastic. I was, yeah. That's good. Uh, I'm thinking, thank God, finally, something's happening. We're 21 minutes into this movie, by the way, at this point. Oh, yeah, I never thought how long it takes before. Mm. Right. So the bad guys subdue everyone, <clears throat> including the men in the engine room. Mm -hmm. And Ryback, still in the freezer, he is gunfire. Now, he's doing a good job, Seagal, isn't he, of selling the fact that it's meant to be 40 degrees below in this meat locker. Yeah. Because he's, he's standing there and he's just sort of like rubbing his arms a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and then he puts a towel on himself or something. He, he, does, he gets a bit of a sack, doesn't he, and drapes it over his shoulders. Yeah. Stranix remarks that um, he's four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Yeah, he is. Although he hasn't actually done anything. Everyone else has done it so far. Uh, this is true. Always the mark of a good manager. <laughs> is that how you live? Is that your creed? It is, it? yeah. Take the credit. Mm -hmm. But everyone else does the work. 
So he gets on the radio, doesn't he? And he uses the code Mother Goose, Mother Goose. That's right, yeah. Hmm? The quails are in the nest. Yeah, let's hope they actually worked out all these passwords beforehand and the other guy's not going, what the <laughs> f*** is he talking about? Quails? Maybe they ran... Mother Goose? My name's John. Maybe they ran through a few. Maybe they, they couldn't decide. You know, they went little pig, little pig, the bricks are neatly stacked, or oh, yeah. Humpty Dumpty, Humpty Dumpty, the eggs are all in my nephew's basket or something. Yeah, you Jack know? and Jill. They went up the hill. And died. Yeah. Maybe they started off with real highbrow stuff. Maybe they were like, to be or not to be. And everyone's like, no, this is getting complicated. No, that was what they were saying when they read the script. That it's complicated? No, to be or not to be. Ah. So Ryback's guard says that the, the noise is just music. And that Ryback, Ryback thinks that he's got shit for brains. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And his brains get splattered in it, uh-huh. don't they? So we get to see him. The bad guys lock the crew below decks. But a have-a-go hero take, tries to wrestle a gun away from one of his captors, and he gets shot about 100 times for his trouble, doesn't he? Yeah, it's almost like the NYPD with a... Ooh! <laughs> All right. I'll, 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 uh, I'll say bye to you now, then, shall I? <laughs> it's all right, I'm white. It's nice knowing... Ooh, wow. Wow. All right. It's nice knowing you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I knew one day it had to come to an end. Didn't just didn't think it would be you know so soon. But there we go. Uh, so Strike kills the second man, doesn't he? And he explains that anyone who attempts anything will get himself and the person next to him killed. So outside, the bad guys abseil onto the top deck. Mm-hmm. They, they take over that. Back in the captain's cabin, Krill. Reads his latest appraisal report, doesn't he? And he's not happy about it because basically it brands him as a nut job. Yeah, I can't imagine where they got that idea from. <laughs> he says, "He says, do I look like I need a psychological evaluation?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was my reaction. As that's well. a good line. I like that line because the obviously yeah, it yeah. works well with the way he's dressed and stuff. And Stronic's reaction is good too because he's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then again, Stranix isn't working on all thrusters either, is no, he? No, that's true, really? so, so, you know. So Krill finally gets out of his drag, and I've never seen Gary Busey look so crestfallen in my life. <laughs> and they, they go to take over the bridge. Now, a bespeckled Bond villain turns up, doesn't he? Called Mr. Pitt. Well, you always have to have one in these 90s films. There's always one computer expert. He did. I was quite shocked when he had an American accent. I was waiting for him to be sort of German. German or disabled. Well, they are. Were, were they always in 90s films? They're always in a wheelchair or something? Or... Ah, right, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. Yeah. No. You didn't mean like he, you were waiting for him to have a speech impediment or something like that? No, it's usually something physical, that's why. Or, or have some love of opera or something. True, true. Because he, he's kind of, he's one of those... He's also um... a disability. Wow. <laughs> You're racking him up tonight, Colin, eh? <laughs> yeah, but... The Venn diagram of NYPD and opera lovers is not that big. The overlap is not that great. I wouldn't imagine there's much of an overlap for opera lovers in this podcast either, would you? Uh, just me, then. Oh, yeah, I forgot about you. Sorry. I don't like it either. No. So Stranix gives uh, Mr. Pitt a disc that he's uh, taken from the captain's safe, and he tells him to guard it with his life. Could be important. Could be. The clues are there. Could be. So they call up a schematic of the ship, and they say that aside from the odd sailor, they now have complete control of the ship. Mm. 
was like a sailor all all like running around with weird makeup and jumping up and down is he, is he the odd sailor look at that guy over hello there. hello <laughs> oh, hello odd sailor um maybe you should just go over there it rains on a thursday but on a tuesday it's very very sunny who am i speaking to now which one of your personalities that's the odd sailor oh that's the odd sailor okay yeah. oh, i'll just make a phone call <laughs> Yeah. Hello. Yeah, he's using the odd sailor personality again. I don't know. He's got like three or four. Yeah, they, they all sound <laughs> the same. I know. But it's his personalities. He's top taking the medication. I like the way I actually picked up the phone to do that. No one can see. It doesn't matter. He did. Visual gags, folks. Yeah. No, I went all out on that. If only you could see what I could see. It wasn't worth the effort, but... You know when you said I've got three or four of them, though? Personalities or friends? No, I was thinking odd, odd sailors. Yeah, they're all chained to the radiator in the corner of the room. <laughs> so Pitt activates the weapon systems and uh, he sets some men on welding duty, but we're not sure what they're welding. It just seems to be some... Yeah. I mean, we find out what it is later. Yeah, but we haven't got a clue at the moment. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. And Stranix says that Krill is now the captain. And he's quite, he's quite happy with this. Yeah, even though it's, over... it's not a real promotion... He knows that, right? I don't think he does. It's not going to last. I think, he gets, I think he thinks he gets to keep the ship now. It's his. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm. So nervously, Ryback's guard opens the meat locker door, and Ryback convinces him to go check on what's happening. Stranix is carving up a huge roast on the bridge, and he tosses a piece to one of his men, who eats it in the most caveman-like way possible. I mean, he's like chomping down on it like he's never seen meat in his life. He's probably hungry. It's been a long day. You think that's what it is? Yeah. Also, who cooked that meat? Chef's in the freezer. They brought it with them, didn't they? Oh, that's they're right. Fake yeah, caterers, they're fake caterers, aren't they? They brought it all. Fake caterers, but they bother to prepare real food. Well, you know, the third. So did the fake caterers hire real caterers? <laughs> it's an endless loop. It could just go on and on. Oh, are, the, are the fake caterers, were they hired as long as they could carry an Uzi, abseiled off a deck, and cook a roast? <laughs> it's, a, it's a niche job isn't it it really? is yeah but the guys are going woohoo finally I have a gig <laughs> they said it would never happen oh, it's great when, when I took those classes they, they told me I was wasting my time uh, that's the Uzi classes the Uzi classes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the goons says that he's uh, he had a call from Private Nash and Krill remembers that Ryback's locked up mm-hmm. it, down in the meat locker. How did he only suddenly remember that he, he was the one that locked him up in it? Yeah, but he still thinks of him just being the chef, so he doesn't care. Yeah, this is true. So Krill tells Nash to stay put, and uh, someone will come and relieve him. Nope, keep going. All right. I thought I'd give you the option, yep. but we don't want to take it. Nope. But Nash is still worried, and he asks, what were those gunshots? And uh, Krill replies that that was just party poppers. That's good. Just some party poppers. Aren't That's they? convincing. Yeah. You didn't get them down the pound shop if they're going making noises like that. No, no, I can hear them from one end of the ship to the other. Mm. But Stranix isn't happy with Krill's uh, oversight. He sends men to take care of it. The Ryback, he's still moaning, <laughs> still in the meat locker. 
Uh, and he's still calling Nash shit for brains. Yeah, it's not going to help you get out, is it, if you're calling the guy it's who's not. holding the keys. But the goons come and they subdue Nash and they uh, ask him... Subdue him. <laughs> they subdue him, yeah. Oh, so, oh, for God's sake, please don't go there. No, I wasn't. It's just I, I jumped ahead and they, they shoot him, they kill him, and I was just like, that's one way to subdue him, I suppose. Well, they get, Yeah, but they get him down on his knees first, don't yeah. they? Because they ask him uh, where Ryback is. Yeah. So he tells them and then they kill him. Yeah. Even though they already know he's in a meat locker. How many is there in this kitchen? Maybe there's other ones that you can't see. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they uh, they burst into the meat loss locker, blasting away. Mm -hmm. More perfectly good food wasted in there. Yeah, it's just a horror film, this. It is, it is. I can't stand it when you don't respect your meat. No. But Rybeck, uh, he's outsmarted them. He's hiding in the ceiling. And it suddenly comes crashing down on top of them. Um, he kicks them uh, and he shuts them in, in the meat locker. A concealed room that has to be kept tight, airtight, to keep mm -hmm. the cold in. As a ceiling you can climb into. <laughs> Are you suggesting it's badly put together? This, this, no wonder they're decommissioning this ship. It's falling apart. This is true. It is an old ship, right. so you never know. Yeah, okay. All right. Fair point. These two guards, though, when they get locked in the meat locker, they do come across as real morons, don't they? Yeah, well, they are. They're expendable. Mm. But they shoot the lock and they escape, mm -hmm. and they start hunting Ryback, he... who strips down to his vest at this point for some reason. Yeah, and he's turned the lights off in the kitchen so it's dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But why strip down to your vest? Why not? I suppose he's seen Die Hard, you know. Yeah, that's yeah he could do that. Fix. Accepted way that you deal with these problems. And he gets a knife from the uh, wood that he had thrown it into earlier he does he does and he kills the first goon with it before um he he wrestles the second one strangling him and taking his stuff yeah but the lack the look of concentration with the knife it's very similar to what i make when having a poo <laughs> how so how so it's just it's really funny. really really strained and intense and i couldn't work out whether he's gonna throw a knife or a turd well in many ways he kind of does both yeah that's true did you notice during this scene as well when he's doing the fight scenes we get the first glimpse of a slight bit of uh, beer belly going on. on uh, I, I did not notice, no. no. Yeah, he's looking a bit... Because they kind of hide it, because he's got skinny arms and a skinny face, but he's got a bit of a, yeah. bit of a gut. Though. I don't think the fight scenes are filmed that well, but I can't work out whether that's because they had to shoot that way. Mm. You know, because yeah. Steven Seagal... Because he's not that good. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone says he's a genius at this stuff, but... Have you ever seen the um, the recent footage of him uh, doing a practice session? No. Where he's taking on like uh, all these guys that are running at him one at a time, and and he's meant to be flipping them, but they're clearly just flipping themselves. Ah, okay. Mhm. Mm but yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. So Ryback makes a makeshift explosive device, and he puts it in a microwave, doesn't he? he does he puts a Brillo pad with booze and something in the microwave? It was, looks tasty. Mm -hmm. I've made worse. <laughs> Back on the bridge, uh, the radar says that an F-18 is flying by. Mm -hmm. Ryback finds the dead captain, and um, he reverentially covers him with his dress uniform. Yeah, and you can tell that Seagal is angry now because he gulps loudly. He does. I, I wrote, before stirring dead-eyed into the camera, <laughs> even means one of two things. His rage at, at his murdered captain, off, uh, he, you know, his commanding officer. Or he's forgotten his lines. Yeah, he's got sorry, he's got some really heavy gas brewing. 
Could be that. Could, be. It, really? Could be. Yeah. I don't think he learned his lines, do you? Does it? Probably reading doesn't them have that many if you think about it. No, he probably had to read them off idiot boards, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I'm not saying he's an idiot. No. But. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I am. But no, I'm not. But you know. Okay. But I am. So the F-18 flies past the ship, and Mr. Pitt uses the ship's uh, cannons, and he shoots it down. And then we cue some Jimi Hendrix music. Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't know why, but yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, literally, why not? And then do we go back to the Navy HQ? We do. We cut to mission control, and the, the big wigs are having a meeting. Yeah, doesn't... When they enter, though, this guy called Tom enters, does the Navy woman say, you're in deep kimchi? She does. All right. It's like a weird thing to say. It's like, I, what, pickled cabbage? Okay. <laughs> not sure. Like, like, deep shit? Yeah, that's bad. Deep kimchi? <laughs> not sure that's so terrible. It's just, you know, it's a bit spicy. He does have a baffled look on his face, so he clearly doesn't get it either. No. It's not even a mm-hmm. Navy term, so it doesn't even make sense there. She's not Korean, so it, there's no, like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no cultural connection. I don't get it. Yeah, I think it's possibly one of those things that you just... I think you just need to let it slide. Okay. Sliding away. Okay. So they get Stranix on, on the uh, on the communications, don't they? They do. And he tells them that he feels... He gives them his demands. He says he feels betrayed by the government. And he talks about chaos, bedlam, topsoil, oblivion. All great heavy metal bands. I don't, <laughs> very good. <laughs> I think I've all their albums, actually. Yeah. Probably have. Oh, I think I might have, actually. Now, from this, I'm just gathering that Stranix is just a nutcase, isn't he? Yeah, because the the guy, Tom, who's in the Navy Central HQ, works for CIA, has uh, had him try to have Stranix killed at some point when they realized they couldn't control him anymore because he used to work for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can see this guy's sleazy. Yes, he is, yeah. And I'll tell you why he's sleazy. He's the only one in the room that smokes. Yeah, yeah. There's also... You know... Dwarf that got cut out of Snow White. You didn't know that, did you? Sleazy. Sleazy. Yeah. And when you say you got cut out of Snow White, do you mean literally? No, I don't mean literally. I mean, you know, it was it was decided that having a drunk, chain-smoking, rude, belching dwarf yeah, was on. not a good idea to have in a kid's film. So sleazy. All right. I used to get all this stuff from Doc. Yeah, he was a dealer. You don't know any of this about Snow White, right? I didn't know. This is opening my eyes, this Good. is. Good. I mean, why do you think Sleepy's Sleepy? I have to ask, though. Mm-hmm. The, the, the seven dwarfs. What's the difference between a dwarf and a midget? Apart from the spelling? Yeah, the fact that they're two separate words, obviously. You know. Oh, I think one, you know the one you're allowed to say, one you're not. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Doesn't one have one of those hooks on the end of their... Um, Penis, like a cat. Isn't that the difference? Are we talking in real life or in fantasy? Oh, you decide, Colin. What do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. I'm pretty sure it's the hook penis. Either way, if you meet one, don't use the phrase. Or just run. So I um, they fire a rocket destroying this uh, satellite relay, don't they? They do, yeah. And someone says, wake up the president. Actually, it's a good job it's not... It's a good job it's not Trump, isn't it? Yeah, it'd, it'd, well, he'd be awake anyway. He'd be tweet, tweeting, right? Yeah, it's true. They made mm. me laugh because at this point, Tom picks up the phone, dials and is about to talk, and then at the other end of the table, the other guy picks up the phone, 
And I thought, are they calling each other? <laughs> They're like, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just put the phone down, but do it after a few seconds after I've put mine down because, you know, then it looks suspicious. And then they both put them down at the same time. He's like, no. Oh. <laughs> So back on the ship, they're uh, they're building something or dismantling something. It's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And Ryback finds the rec room empty, aside from all the bodies. And he approaches a huge cake, mm-hmm. which he just kicks aside, doesn't he? Because yeah. he didn't Suddenly, make it, so he doesn't care. Exactly. But it's not real. It's not real. But he doesn't know that. No. Suddenly, the music, some music starts. And Tate bursts out in a sexy sailor outfit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Topless. <laughs> well, she's not topless to start with, is she? Well, the the suit doesn't cover her chest, the jacket. Well, it, no, she opens it up, doesn't oh, she? Oh, she opens it up, right. And you realise that... Pops them out. Yeah, and we see... Pops the boys out, as it were. boobs, which are probably as big as Steven Seagal's are now. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I was wondering, has she been sitting in that cake the whole time? Yeah, she fell. She's asleep because the pills knocked her out. Because yeah, even I completely forgot she was in it. Yeah, she she's been asleep. In the cake. Yes, she gets in the cake. The pills take hold because they're really then they're, they're uh, sleeping pills, really. They, and she oh. took a load of them. They're not mm-hmm. uh, motion sickness pills. So when he kicked the cake, it woke her up. Oh, she so was she, just she was just like getting away, probably groggy, getting around, wondering why mm-hmm. she's still in the cake, and then yeah. And she doesn't know how much time has passed because she's been asleep. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting scene. It is, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it interested mm-hmm. me back in 1992. Two. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it did, yeah. Colin. So is there anything else you'd like to say about her, her performance? No, she's okay, actually. She gets better as the film goes on, which is the point. Yeah, but, I mean, she doesn't get a great lot to do anyway, does she? No. Not at all. This isn't. This isn't mm-hmm. her film. It's not. No. So he turns off the music and uh, he drags her into a room, mm-hmm. and he questions her hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, she starts to tell him her life story, and he cuts her off by saying, "What kind of babbling bullshit is this?" And she says, "I'm an actress. I did a Hunter episode and a Wet and Wild video. Now I've seen one of those." Oh. I wonder which one it is. Let's leave it hanging. Yeah, it does. Answers on a postcard. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I do, Hunter. Exactly. (laughs) So she says to him, who are you, some special forces guy? And he replies, I'm just a cook. Mm, Freaks her out. He does what to her? It freaks her out because she's like, I'm just a cook. We're going to die. But that's a trailer moment, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So back at HQ, they're running through um, all the weapons on the Missouri, explaining that um, that it has nukes on board. Yeah, it also apparently has something called a 22mm Sea Whiz. A Sea Whiz? Yeah, a Sea Whiz. That's really a weapon? That sounds scary, doesn't it? Hey, if you don't stop that, I'm going to fire the Sea Whiz at you. Ooh, the Sea Whiz. Whee! <laughs> Maybe that's what makes those whiz-bangs that we talked about during Biggles. Oh, the sea whiz. Mm. Fires whiz-bangs. But I always find getting into the cold ocean makes me want to do a sea whiz anyway. 
<laughs> just more and more these days. Just all the sailors peeing over the sides of the ship. Look out! <laughs> just see you whiz. I think I've seen that film. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you in it? <laughs> I was in the water. No, hang on. <laughs> Drinking. Drinking. <laughs> Go on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> or as we say in America, come on, buoys. <laughs> Very good. Thanks. It's all lines. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so the CIA agent, Tom Breaker. Ah, oh, that's his name. Breaker, Breaker, Breaker. Tom Breaker, yeah. Explains that Stranix is a loon and that uh, he worked for him at one, one, one time or another until they tried to cut him loose by trying to have him killed. Yeah. Never really works, does it? It doesn't, that's not, that's not a you know, pension plan you're going to be interested in when you sign up. <laughs> There's no long-term solution to that, is there? Either? Nah. No. So back on the bridge, Stranix contacts a, a, a submarine, a waiting submarine nearby. Yeah, which was a submarine that Stranix was supposed to have sunk and destroyed on one of his missions. Mm-hmm. But didn't. I wonder where it came from. Yeah, but didn't. And um, they use the codename Roadrunner, and he says because he's never been caught. Mm-hmm. He's clever, this guy, isn't he? He is, although the Roadrunner's very irritating. It is. It's just beep, beep, isn't it? Yeah. So, so they realise that they're missing two men, so they go looking for them, and Ryback locks Tate in a locker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she makes a ton of noise because she says, I hate being alone. And he replies, you hate being dead. That doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't he say, do you hate being dead, Ma? No, he just says, you hate being dead, doesn't he? Oh. Well, like he's saying to her, like, you know, oh, you hate being in close, but you hate being alone, but if you come with me, you could end up being killed, and you're going to hate that even more. He doesn't sell it, does he? That's what I'm saying. No, that's true. In his flat, monotone way that he talks, yeah. it just... So Krill, Stranix, and some guards go looking, and Ryback gives Tate a uniform to put on. It's a shame, isn't it? Just saying. I know. I think it's perfectly all right. Why would she be running around half-dressed? It's not right. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. So he gives her a gun and slowly, very slowly, explains to her how to use it like she's a child. Well, she, I mean, she's someone who's never used a gun before. Yeah, but that's not why he's doing it, is it? Let's face it. I mean, he's talking down to her because she's a woman. That's what he's doing. I would assume he's talking down to her because she's an actress who's been screaming and is half naked. <laughs> well, all you got to say is uh, time's up for that, isn't it, really? When did you get on? Okay. All right. All right, pal. Oh, I'm being political. Yeah. So they entered the kitchen. Yeah, don't excuse me of not knowing what's going on in the world, Colin. I, I know. He's, so uh, when, <clears throat> when he reaches the beano, you get it. <laughs> That's right. So Krill and Stranix uh, find their dead men, and Stranix doesn't believe that they're dealing with a cook. But Krill just thinks that Ryback is a nobody still, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And suddenly, the microwave bomb that he put in there about 10 minutes ago goes off. That is some amazing timing, right? It is. It is. Timed it just to perfection. I, I don't know. It's pretty you can't do that with his pies, isn't I it? I know, right? But then this mm. obviously indicates that he's not a cook because he blew up the microwave. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it, it, it is well timed. Doesn't Krill say, "What was that?" And Stranix replies, "That was a bomb." Yeah, Mister Commander of a battleship. Mm. He's on the ball. Yes. So Stranix sends more men to find Ryback, and he asks to see his personal file. Mm. Back in HQ, a SEAL team is being readied. I don't mean actual SEALs. I mean they've been painted red. <laughs> Give them guns. There you go. Off I you... can't hold them. I've only got flippers. Off you go, what boys. <laughs> Have fun. I was going to do an impression of a seal, but... Have fun storming the battleship. <laughs> so, the, But the, the seal team are going to try and take back the ship. Hmm. But if they fail, they're going to have to launch an earth strike. Yeah, completely destroy the ship. That's right. But it turns out Ryback's file was in the captain's room. Ooh. And it turns out, turns out he's no cook. He's a one-man war machine. So I don't think that's what is that what it says in his file? His actual work. <laughs> one page. Yeah, yeah. One man one man war machine. Yeah, this, and then <laughs> then a shitload of medals. That's strange. <laughs> but Dharma, old Cole Meany, he's having none of it. He says, "I'll get this fucker myself." Yeah. Now, personally, if I was Cole Meany, I would have looked at the file and gone, hmm, "I'll let somebody else deal with that one." <laughs> <laughs> is it, was it me? I was Cole Meany ramping up his accent. Uh, it's either yeah, ramping was... it up or he's been uh, bringing it down in everything else he's been in. Yeah, I suppose it just it just yeah. I think because I'm so used to him sounding a certain way in in track, mm. it just sounded like a comedy accent. Maybe, to me. maybe he just come back from vacation in the motherland. Could be, could be. The motherland's always a good place to be. Well, it depends where your motherland is. Well, if you're from Syria and that's your motherland, it's not that great at the moment. This is true. Or America. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't mean that. Right, I don't live in America. I live in New York. Yes, I know. You, you've, you've explained it to me. That's uh, <laughs> nice joke for all our New York listeners there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ryback and Tate discuss uh, women's lib, don't they? Uh, I don't have that information. Which part does that come in? When he, she's saying that she can take care of herself and oh okay right mm-hmm. yeah she says I do not kill people and he replies well that leaves a lot of uh, open territory yeah because she says I don't kill people and I don't date members of the mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. yeah mm. now the on-screen chemistry between the two is explosive isn't it absolutely yeah it's mm-hmm. uh, riveting it is it is mm-hmm. it is I felt riveted. Yeah, I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> rivet gone. So Tate goes and hides while Ryback explores on the deck, on the top deck. Mm-hmm. And he takes out a guard with a karate chop in close-up. Yeah, nice. Yep. Uh, and he finds a communications device. So Tate asks him what it is, and Ryback explains that it's a seal magnophone, a secure satellite uplink, etc., etc., now, he delivers these lines with all the enthusiasm of a man reading a, some information from a cue card, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just doesn't yeah. seem very impressed by it. But in some ways, though, it's kind of the way he delivers most of his lines anyway. That's so true. And she, he's consistent. He's consistent. And she says, oh, like a cell phone. And he's like, oh, yeah, like a cell phone. Or a car phone. <laughs> Did she say car phone? She says car yeah, phone. Yeah, don't have cell phones in 1992, did we? No, I mean, there were huge brick things yeah. weren't they oh yeah that's true because I'm in Miami Vice and that's 85 
Oh, time gets so confusing when you're traveling it through it. All right, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls HQ and he gives them a rundown on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, But there's always one, isn't there, that believes that Ry- Ryback might be in on it. Yes. He's always one. There's always one. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Now they tell Ryback to wait for the strike team and to keep his cool. Now cook, uh, Tate says, you're not a cook. And he cocks his weapon and he responds, the tough riposte, yeah, but I also cook. Mm, it's good. Liked it. I did it better, actually, didn't I? All right, move on. <laughs> All right. So uh, a HQ rundown Ryback's history. He's a warrior, someone says. The best there is. Mm-hmm. That's the best there is. We've got some serious issues going on. He's pretty good. That's pretty good at slapping. That's all you need. Good slap. <laughs> all right. No, trust me, it's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before as well. Yeah. Now, back on the ship, Ryback and Tate find the helicopter. And Tate hides herself while he investigates. Uh, Stranix and Krill are discussing what they'll do with their money once they sell the ship's weapons. Mm-hmm. And Krill says that he'd buy the presidency. Yeah, he'd probably do that now. I was thinking the same thing. Maybe that's where Trump got the idea from, really. Maybe. Now, Ryback was, um, he uses paint thinner and a grenade, doesn't he, mm. to blow up the helicopter. Yeah. And he dives off the side of the ship on a rope as the explosion goes off behind him. Yeah, I've seen that somewhere before, and I can't think where it is. Something similar. Yeah, no. Not exactly the same. <sighs> mm. Yes, gone, gone. I, I'll tell you, uh, I'm going to spend ages thinking about it, and I'll die hard before I get it. <laughs> it's die hard. Yeah, it's die hard. The thing is, I mean, how many times have you seen that copied now? I mean, there's a there's a movie coming out, isn't there, um, with the rocking soon called Skyscraper, and it's got that same gag in the trailer. Oh, it has? I've not seen the trailer. Mm. I think the, the gimmick is this time that he's uh, he, he's got no legs. I'm sorry, what? He's got no legs. He's he's got like those um, fake legs because he had them blown off. Oh, you not seen this trailer? I don't know. I try. I don't really watch trailers because they ruin the films. Yeah, he's an ex-army guy who um, gets hired to be security in this huge tower block that gets taken over by um, terrorists, and um, he thinks he's all washed up because he had both his legs blown off, yeah. and he's got like fake legs. But obviously, he's gonna, oh. you know, yeah. All right, that's uh... <laughs> probably better than this movie. Probably, but I mean, the rock movies—if you don't like one, just hang around. There's another one in five minutes. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the number forty-two buses around here. Yeah. So meanwhile, there's a guard who discovers uh, Tate, uh, and Robert climbs back up and he rescues Tate by taking out four goons. And he heads back up into the ship as more give chase. Is goon the technical term for bad guys in films? I, I think it is in this movie. Okay. They're goons, aren't they? Right. I mean, they're not much. Yeah. No. no, doesn't... Don't you think Steven Seagal runs a bit funny? Oh, I wish I'd he noticed does, this. I'm usually very astute about people who are running. He does kind of a weird flappy hand run. Ah, interesting. Next time I watch a Steven mm. Seagal film, which will be never, I'll, I'll check <laughs> it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask Steven Seagal list, uh, fans who listen. They, they'll know it. Okay. They'll, they'll know the flappy hand run. Just an observation. It's a good one. Thank you. 
So he plants a booby trap uh, on the hatch door, and that goes off as a guard opens it, and the door flies off, hitting what is clearly a mannequin, doesn't it? A yeah, full pelt. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does kind of look good, though. Yeah, it does, except it's a mannequin. Yeah. Let's hope it's not one of those ones that comes alive. Oh, that'll be troubling, won't it? Under mm. Siege 2. So Krill, however, thinks that he's uh, he's solved the problem. Let's flood the hold where the crew are, and Rybert will try to save them, give his, give his position away. Mm. You kill your own crew, says Stranix. They never like me anyway. Yeah, that's not going to change. I mean, he's a. it's no wonder they didn't like him. He's a fucking loon, plus, isn't he? Because now he's captain of a ship that's got no crew. <laughs> he's thought, he's thought this through. Yeah. Mm. So Ryback hears the crew um, sending Morse code through the walls, apparently, that spell out, get, get us the fuck out of here, or something like that, don't they? And they're really sending the Morse code out into the ocean, though, right? So that submarines can hear it. Really? That, is that what you think? That's what they say. All right, okay. All right. I didn't catch that. Because they're, they're using a giant girder to bang against the side of the ship, and one of them says, keep going, guys. Someone will hit us, a trawler or a submarine or something. Oh, right. That makes perfect sense, then. You, you do know mm-hmm. sound but... travels through water, right? Yes. Okay. Right. That's why they go quiet in submarines when ships are overhead and things like that. Okay. You've seen submarine films before, right? I've seen Daz Boots and Hunt for Red October. Right, and the scenes in that. One. I know you're a big you're a big submarine guy, though, aren't you? I'm a big submarine guy. That's <laughs> not a description. Yeah, <laughs> massive submarine guy, me. That's, you, that's usually what you talk, what's usually what you but call see, me. You should see me giant periscope. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 360 degrees, you can tilt that. I can, yeah. Makes things yeah, look yeah. bigger. Do you point it at yourself? All the time. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you making me choke now. <laughs> don't die. You're yeah. only got seven <laughs> hours to go. I don't want to die. My last memory will be watching mm. Under Siege. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryback uses a blowtorch to open a door, and he rescues uh, a few men, including... Granger, Flicker, Harris, and Ramirez. Yeah, I've no idea who these people are. Either. They're his lawyers, right? <laughs> He's going to need them. Yeah. So Robert gives them a, a very animated and tense rundown of the events that have been happening, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And they manage to uh, sabotage some of the systems on the ship. Right, that will uh, turn off the weapon system at the very convenient moment. Exactly, yep. There's a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah. So Krill gets on the comm and explains that the crew are going to uh, gonna drown. We have to save them, says Ryback. But it's a trap. Yeah, but they're expecting me, not all of us, he says to them. At which point I'd be one of those people going, I'm not coming with you. Well, well, yeah. I'm staying here. Yeah, wait, wait, what's this we? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even want to get rescued from this room. Well, Can I just go back in, please? Just sitting there, minding my own business. Yeah. Listening to war stories I mean, from that old guy. <laughs> they take out some more goons don't they with uh, an exploding gas tank mm, that's true and there's a and there's a firefight erupting everywhere uh, and they manage to turn off the water but one of them gets wounded yeah. did you notice that Steam Seagal fires his uh, machine gun without even looking or all, aiming all it or anything do that Is that, oh right really he uses his like sensei powers to just wheel the bullets in the direction that they need to go 
He wills the bullet. He does. That's what he does. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I never gave this guy much credit. I should really rethink. You should. Steven Seagal, you really, really should. Yeah. Hold on, I'll do it now. All right, done. Okay. No, he's, he's still a cop. Okay. Um, HQ calls and Tate answers, saying that Ryback is in a gunfight. And can I take a message? She's polite. She is. HQ tells Ryback about the um, about the SEAL team are en route. And uh, he says, if I can't control you, I'm going to let you loose on everybody. So he authorizes him to do whatever he can to help out. Right. And he hangs up the phone and he remarks to the rest of the room, they got a lot of trouble on that ship. Yeah. I'm not sure. Is he referring to Ryback or just the fact that the ship's falling apart and old anyway? Well, it can't, you'd like to think they're referring to the ship. But I think they're meant to be referred to Ryback because he's such a badass. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. I mean, he's clearly a tough guy. Yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. I have to say, though, at this point, it feels like a comedy. Why? I mean, it's so it's, it's so cliched, the dialogue, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's some terrible dialogue. Like, when he rescued oh. those people, he's like, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god is that it <laughs> okay all right let's move on <laughs> you wait for the punchline yeah there was none it's just people going you okay yeah i'm okay you okay yeah okay you okay mm -hmm. yeah i'm okay you okay yeah okay you okay yeah <laughs> okay are we all okay yeah 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 we're all okay okay you okay i said i was i'm okay then the film finishes but are you okay Oh, yeah, I'm okay. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, you okay? We're all okay. We're all okay. All right. So Robert runs down the hall with two machine guns this time, crisscrossed over each arm, and he kills about 50 goons. Yeah, he just keeps spraying them with bullets. He does, he does. The tape goes after him, and there's more gunfighting. Uh, Robert lowers a metal bar onto a goon that goes right through him. Yeah, he spears him right with the girder. He does. He does. He splatters him, doesn't he? Yeah. Nice moment. Mm. Then we get some more hand-to-hand -hand combat, doesn't he? He fights about seven or eight goons hand-to-hand. -hand. Mm. Now, this is the substitute for the obligatory barroom fight that's in most Steven Seagal films, isn't it? He either has a barroom fight mm -hmm. or a pool, pool hall fight. And you get some waving of hands. He does. I mean, it's so slow and poorly done, isn't it? I mean, for someone who's supposedly, you know, such a high-level, as you say, sensei... Yeah. It just looks fake and weak, and yeah. it's just loads of slapping, isn't it? And it is. So, yeah. You know, when he got that guy with the bar, he should have said, mm -hmm. you need to girder your lines. <laughs> did, did that just come to you? Yeah. <laughs> Again, better lines than anything that we've had in it this film. doesn't have any, really. Not really. No. No. So we see the SEAL team. Uh, they're inbound on a helicopter. Yeah. Back, yeah. back on the bridge. Go on. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say anything. <laughs> One of them's got a fish in his mouth. Hasn't nope. It? Jumping through a hoop. Nope. <laughs> on the bridge, they prepare to shoot them down, but suddenly the equipment malfunctions. Oh, that's convenient. It is. And Stranix contacts the submarine, and using a rocket launcher, they destroy the SEAL team. Yep, that's the end of that. Now, HQ has no choice now but to order the Earth Strike. Oh, so now we're against the clock. It is. <laughs> kind of feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah. 
So there's more goons with Stranix and Dharma, and they discover that, that a lot of their other goons are dead. Mm. While Ryback, now stripped down back to his vest, is removing the warhead from a rocket. Now, why he had to take his top off for this? Is anybody's guess, oh, really? because of static electricity. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because his, 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 his fabric on his top would, you know, could spark the missile. What about his fake sprayed on her? Actually, that protects him. That's funny, isn't it? You wouldn't think so. No, but it does. It's like rubber soles on your shoes. Wow. I, maybe I should get some. What? Rubber soles on your shoes? Or her? No, fake, fake sprayed on her. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's like MacGyvering these missiles. Good good, good use of MacGyvering, by the way. Thank you. So he and Tate, as you say, are A-teaming a device, while on deck, Stranix is using a crane to lower missiles onto the submarine. Mm. Finishing this device, Ryback climbs down the ship's anchor into the water. Having found time to change into a wetsuit, I noticed as well. Yeah, he found one somewhere. I mean, it's a ship. Yeah, just like It's a ship, so it's probably going to be, you know, wetsuits on board. I suppose, I suppose. I'd rather have a dry suit, though, wouldn't you? That was a terrible joke. <laughs> <sighs> you know, someone, someone accused us of telling dad jokes. Yeah. Anyway. Was that a criticism? I didn't think so. Oh, okay. I took it as a compliment. So do I. Mm. If only we could achieve that heady level all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't do jokes. We don't do jokes, no. no. It's banter, it's not jokes. Oh, that's right. Good. Mm. We'll just put that on the catchphrase. <laughs> Retrospection, <laughs> just banter, no jokes. Retrospection? Yeah, that's the new... We changed <laughs> change the name now, have we? It's the new one. We're... We rebranded. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll go with it. So, so he swims out to the sub, and Dorma sees him in the water, and they try and hook him. But uh, all they get is a piece of his wetsuit, so that's why he had the wetsuit on. Oh yeah, because if he hadn't, they would have gone completely. Well, they've got his shirt, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you imagine how his belly's flapping around in that water, <laughs> all these fake hers running out. You know. It's like, oh, is is that? <laughs> Is that Ryback or is that Lieutenant Whale again? <laughs> Just a weird oil slick in the water. Yeah. Oh, from his hair. Yeah. yeah we, sprung, <laughs> we sprung a leak. We're leaking oil. Oh, no. Never mind. <laughs> it's the gal. He's in the water again. Yeah. So Ryback tosses the device into, uh, into the sub and it explodes. But only a little bit. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a very good explosion. I think he's just trying to disable the sub, isn't he? He's not trying to destroy it. Doesn't look like okay. it. Although why he wouldn't try and destroy it, I don't know. But right. So he climbs back up, but Dharma finds him, and he's about to fire and kill him when there are gunshots from behind and he falls dead. Tate was stood behind him, and she's killed him. Mm. I'd imagine it's an odd twist for her. Yeah, and then and, and, uh, Ryback says, next thing you know, you'll be dating musicians. <laughs> yeah. See, it's not funny. Oh, you're laughing. I'm laughing because you said it. I didn't laugh when he said it. I thought it was a good laugh. He said, yeah, but you said it with a bit of feeling. Oh, right. No, it was just. I mean, that's pretty much what he sounds like, isn't it? True. So, uh, meanwhile, the submarine crew, who I assume are all Italian, as one of them actually says, "Mamma mia!" Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mamma mia, how are we going to fix this? Hey, what, is he Mario now? <laughs> he sounds like Mario, doesn't he? You do, and you're doing his accent. That's what he sounded like. Okay. 
You're not having that. Oh, I don't think he sounds like Mario. All right. So they're assessing the damage caused by Ryback, and uh, he says that they can't submerge. No, they just got a hole in the ship. Actually, the dive plane's yeah. damaged. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could oh, just, right. just stick a tortoise See, shell. submarine guy, submarine guy. I told you you were submarine Maybe guy. Maybe you could just stick a tortoise shell in it, him being Mario. <laughs> I saw your puzzled look for a second. I thought, I'm going to have to explain this one. <laughs> Get a little frog. Yeah, some stars that you have to collect. Or a monkey. What? Was there a monkey in what? Yeah, it was a monkey in Mario Kart, isn't it? Oh, you mean Donkey Kong? Yeah, he's in Mario Kart, isn't he? He's not a monkey. So, not... so, oh, he's a monkey, isn't he? No, he's... Oh, he's a gorilla, sorry. Yeah. He's an ape. Don- donkey Kong. All right, yeah, I get it now. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, so they can't submerge, and uh, Stranix tells Krill to fix it while he goes to destroy Honolulu. Yeah, right. What's mm-hmm. Honolulu done to him? So another goon uh, shouts at Krill in Italian, to which he replies, Why can't you speak English? Ah, Britain mm. first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> back on the ship, Tate is uh, patching up Rybeck's wounds. Now, once again, Seagal's, he's really selling the pain and desperation he must be feeling at this point, right? No, because the water's cold. He's not feeling anything. No, he's out of the water. Yeah, but it's still affecting him. You don't suddenly become oh, is that warm what it is? again when you get out of cold water. Ah, uh, is, that, is that it? Yeah, he's numb to the pain. Once, once the warmth comes back to his body, then, then he'll start feeling that pain. Very, very multi-layered performance then, isn't it, really? That's uh, Stephen. Ah, uh, Stephen. <laughs> yes. He's not, he might be yours, he's not mine. Okay. Jeez. So um, the sub gets underway, but back on the bridge, Pitt says that he can't fix the problem with the weapons because Ryback is much smarter than him. Yeah, Ryback, who is mm. a ex-Navy SEAL chef, is smarter mm-hmm. than the computer guy they brought aboard to deal with the computer technology on the battleship. I'll buy it. Yeah, I mean, they really shouldn't have brought Pitt at all. He's a waste of time. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But one threat from Stranix makes him rethink the problem, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then he hurriedly mm-hmm. solves it. He does. Now on the sub, they're still trying to fix uh, the fact that they can't submerge. Mm-hmm. And Krill's giving orders. Ryback and Koa stumped as to what to do until Ryback remembers the old school ship's cannons behind him. Yeah. And they have an old-timer who was visiting the Missouri who served on it in the past, and he was a ship's gunner. Lucky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what life's like on this Missouri. Full of luck. It is. Yeah. On the bridge, the weapon systems come back online. I, I, maybe you just need to turn them off and turn them back on again. Yeah, give them a thump. Yeah. yeah. M- much like a certain person's computer tonight. Yeah, they work faster than your laptop. <laughs> we had some technical issues. Updating software. Oh, I can't yes. do it. Oh, mm-hmm. I need to do it. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Windows. We got there in the end. We got there in the end. Yeah. It did feel like I was stuck in a time loop, I have to say. Yeah. So Ryback and Co., they uh, load some shells into the old-style cannons, and there's some more A-team stuff going on. And Ryback aims the cannons as Stranix sees the guns moving on the deck. They fire. They miss. They reload. Krill fixes the sub. He prepares to submerge. 
They fire again. Boom. And the sub's destroyed. And I'm genuinely sad that Krilly's gone. Yeah. But he's the only good thing in it. Oh, Tommy Jones is all right. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that at the okay. end. So Stranick starts to lose his mind. Literally losing his mind. Going on about Saturday morning cartoons at one point, isn't he? Yes. And uh, so back on the deck, Ryback and Co are smiling at the handiwork as Stranix fires mis- missiles at the mainland. Mm-hmm. But Ryback's got a plan. HQ get wind of the missiles and panic ensues. One of the guys asks, what are the consequences of the missiles hitting Honolulu? <laughs> and he gets the reply, approximately 1 million people will reach 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in less than a second. Yeah, it's all those grass skirts. Yeah. Well, they'll go up like a rocket, won't they? Well, they can mean, literally. Yeah. Mm. He's a cheery fellow, that guy, though. He's the guy that you want, you know, at your party. He's accurate, though. You want accuracy when it's time like this. All right. I'll, yeah, okay. <laughs> if they did destroy Honolulu, would that mean they wouldn't get any more um, of that dreadful Hawaii Five O reboot TV series? Oh, possibly. You think it's worth it for that? I don't know. It's touch and go. Okay. Could be. So Ryback heads back on deck. Waving his gun around in an odd way. Did you notice that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another gunfire and a bit more slapping. And then Ryback rips a goon's throat out. I mean, he really rips it out. Yeah, he does. Who knew you could do that? You know, I reckon that, that Steven Seagal could really do that. Rip a fake guy's neck off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe not so much these days because he's got, like, meat sausages for fingers, hasn't he? Right. But back in the back day in when the he day. was lean, uh, leaner. When he was lean meat instead of fatty meat. Lean meat. Yes, okay. yes. Less than 2%. Okay. On the bridge, Ryback enters, but uh, he's amba- am- ambashed. Ambashed. Oh, yeah. I hate <laughs> it when you're ambashed. <laughs> ambushed by Stranix. Ryback recognises Stranix, and they used to know each other, apparently. Now, I thought... It's not really clear, but I assume that Stranix is the reason that Ryback got faulty information on his SEAL mission that led to him being decommissioned down to chef. But you're only surmising that, aren't you? Yeah, because they don't go into any detail. No, and don't you think that, you know, showing us that these two people know each other five, ten minutes before the end of the movie is pointless? Yeah, you think, you know, they should have had a conversation at some point previously. Yeah, and that gives you some drama to play, right. some 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 tension between the two, doesn't right. it? But just ten minutes before the end, and you know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's pointless, utterly pointless. I wonder if it was cut out. I wonder if that's... You think they had extra stuff that they didn't include in this? Yeah, that's why Stranick says earlier, oh, this is no chef. That's not giving your audience a lot of credit, though, is it? Then again, it's a Steam Seagal movie. <laughs> not that, you know, but... So Stranich decides to give a give a monologue at this point, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Never a good never a good bad guy move, that. No, always gonna yeah. end in your downfall. It is. Now Seagal shows no emotion other than always playing the tough guy, doesn't he? Yep. That's all he does. Just plays the tough guy through the whole movie. Well when you got it you have to do it. <laughs> you gotta flaunt it, have you? Yeah. Alright. And then they have a philosophical debate before breaking into the worst directed knife fight I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the, the fight sequences are awful. Just waving them around, aren't they? And, yeah. And it's badly cut together. Yeah. And Seagal gets a bit of a cut above his eye. Mm. Before, and I kid you not on this, 
He catches Stranix's knife in his teeth, disarms him, pokes out one of his eyes, stabs him in the top of his head, and smashes his head into a monitor. Yeah, there's your glass. <laughs> he does it all in one move as well, doesn't he? Yeah. It's just when he caught the knife in his teeth. You don't do that. I try not to anymore. I do that when I'm curving peas. When you're when you're what? <laughs> curving peas. Peas, yes. How do you curve a pea? With a knife in your teeth. But I mean, what are you carving? Carefully. Yeah, but what are you carving? Statues. Of pe- out of peas? Yeah. Individual peas, or do you put all the peas together and then... At the end. Wow. All right. So we'll post some pictures of these uh, pea sculptures on a uh, Facebook page for anyone who's interested. Okay. Yeah. And if you donate more than uh, $5 to our Patreon, we'll send you one. <laughs> one <laughs> of Colin's... statue. One of Colin's peace. Oh, I don't think I want one of your peace statues, Colin. Yeah, you might get a totally different kind of art because sometimes I just change, you know. <laughs> I change medium. <laughs> How are you going to mail that? In a glass. All right, okay. Make sure you've got a tight lid on it, though. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, got that to look forward to, folks. Yeah. So Ryback gets the control disc from Stranix's pocket. And meanwhile, one of the missiles... He's shot out of the sky by a fighter jet. Mm. But, oh, no. The other missile has slipped through. Ooh. What's going to happen? Well, it blows up Honolulu, and that's the end of the film. Oof. I didn't see that one ending. Ah. Surprisingly not, oh. because fortunately, fortunately, the makers of this film have seen a Bond movie or two in their time. Right. Because Ryback puts in the disc, gets the abort code, and seconds before the missile hits the mainland, he destroys it. And we get high fives all around. Yay. So HQ calls... That was very convincing. Thanks. So HQ calls off the airstrike and they uh, they go and rescue the trap crewmen. Mm-hmm. And they all meet on deck for a big celebration. Yep. And then Q-Ball, remember him? Who we've not seen since that dancing yeah, scene yeah. at the beginning I of the remember. movie? q makes a reappearance and he asks Ryback to show me a move. Now for a second again, I was hoping that he was going to throw some shapes, but oh no, he doesn't. No. Instead, he, he grabs Tate and he says, I'll show you a move. And he kisses her. Yeah, but we also get the line where he says, do you want to go swimming? Some Zodiacs? Sea rays? A little umbrella? What the fuck's that about? <laughs> you think ad-lib again? I don't, know, I don't know what he's talking about. I was like, is there subtitles on this so I could play this again? Because I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Zodiacs? In many ways, sea rays? Yeah. Umbrellas? What? I was with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it made sense to him at the time. Maybe. So later, it, Wait, it's what I not. assume is the... Yeah, there's a little bit more. There's a little, What I assume is the dead crew and the captain's funeral. Everyone's on deck in their uniforms, including Ryback, who salutes the camera. Wait, I don't remember that bit. Yeah. They all have a big funeral thing at the end on deck. Well, they're turning it up sal- really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that scene. Yeah, he salutes the camera, and then it fades to black. Oh, okay. And that's the end of Under Siege. Nice. So do you want to go first? Sure. It screams 90s. I'm not a huge Steven Seagal film. <laughs> Let me just say that again. <laughs> I'm not a huge Steven Seagal film. I'm just a little... Uh... No... I'm not a huge Steven Seagal fan. 
Mm-hmm. I don't really like any of his other films. I don't think Executive Decision is good, but he's not really his film. You've seen Hard to Kill, I would imagine. Yeah, but I don't remember anything about it. So I'm going. You remember Kelly Re- Kelly LeBrock in it though, don't you? Yeah, but imagine. that's yeah. Um, Sorry, we lost him for a second. Carry on. But uh, <laughs> and so I always go into this film with uh, low expectations. Mm-hmm. The Action sequence is surprisingly poor. Mm-hmm. There is lack of chemistry between him and Enrique Alignac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still kind of enjoy some of it. Right, okay. You know, it's it's still fun, but I also get the feeling that as you're watching it, you're like, oh, I could be watching Die Hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still say that if you put any other actor in this role, it would have been a better film. Mm-hmm. Gary Boosie and Tom Lee Jones, mostly Gary Boosie, elevate the scenes that they're in. And they're actually in more scenes than Steven Seagal is in. Mm-hmm. Tom Lee Jones is weird. He's bordering on annoying, overacting. It seems like he's trying a lot. Yeah, I'd agree. It's like he watched Gary Boosie and went, oh, I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a bit of uh, one-upmanship going on there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's a hit? No. But I enjoy it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't like this film at all. I, I suppose the first thing to say is I agree with most of your points, and I'm not going to go over them again because because I agree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steven Seagal is just awful, isn't he? And how he managed to convince the world for his 15 minutes that he had that he was a A-list movie star is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's 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 just dreadful. He delivers his lines like he's bored. Hmm. Like he's reading a shopping list. And as you say, the action is just uninteresting. It's badly performed. It's badly shot. And there's zero tension anywhere. I mean, I mean, in Die Hard, when you see John McClane bleed, he, he, he gets, he even gets scared at times, doesn't he, John McClane? He's, he's, you know, he's frightened and he might die. Steve's guy only gets hurt twice in this film. He does, and he, he, there's never any sense that he ever feels like he's in any jeopardy at all right. because he's so obsessed with playing the tough guy. Yeah. So you just don't care, you know, in the same way right. that you do about John McClane in Die Hard. Yeah. Um, Tommy Lee Jones just irritates me. Okay. But he, I think he's, an, he's one of those actors. You know, you, you, you have an actor that, that you just, I wouldn't say dislike, but he, he annoys you. Yes. Mm. He's one of those for me. Okay, so it doesn't matter what he's in; you just find him annoying. Him. I just find him unwatchable at times. Okay. Um, Gary Busey, you know, he, he's hilarious. You know, right? I, I, I would, I, I would love to see Gary Busey play the Steven Seagal part because I think he'd oh, do it a lot better. Okay. Right. That would, that would be good. Yeah. Enrique Alignac's got absolutely nothing to do really, other than stand there and right, which is probably good for her. <laughs> But in a weird way, I'd agree with you. There, there is a movie here. You know, if you've got a real actor yeah. in that lead, and um, you tidy up the script a bit and, and move things around, and you could make it work. <laughs> it's a good film if you uh, got rid of the actors, uh, <laughs> changed the storyline, called it something else. I don't know, Diad, and then uh... yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, if you had someone like I don't know, something like Air Force One. Which right. I'm not saying Air Force One is a great movie, but it works, and it works because it, it's got someone like Harrison Ford and Gary Oldman in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, 
And in a weird way, I mean, this was the film that convinced Harrison Ford to do The Fugitive. He watched this movie. Oh, okay. Because it was the same director. Right, yes. He said, yeah. I, I, he obviously watched it and thought, I want a piece of that. That's good. Okay. But yeah, I mean, as it stands for me, Under Siege, massive failure. I, I thought it was boring. Okay. So it's a miss from both of us, but I enjoyed it more than you did. Looks that way. Yeah. So that's it for Under Siege, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you for listening and uh, if you enjoy the show and you've got a film or a TV show that you'd like us to sit through then you can email us at retrospection at email.com you can find us on Twitter at Retrospecky and we're on Facebook and uh, please rate and review wherever you listen to us because it really helps us out and if you'd like to uh, help contribute to creating the uh, magic that you that you hear us do every uh, few weeks you can donate to our patreon page just a dollar would uh, keep up the questionable standards that we that we like to uh, perpetuate yeah when you use the term magic you're talking more like dark arts right <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing on the next episode colin we're going to be doing the science fiction film runaway from 1984 directed and written by michael crichton starring tom Selleck and cynthia rhodes and gene simmons gene simmons mm. let's just say not the gene simmons that was in spartacus the other gene simmons <laughs> yeah right <laughs> very yeah. different very different <laughs> the film is about setting well the film is set in the near future and a police officer specializes in malfunctioning robots when a robot turns out to have been programmed to kill, he begins to uncover a homicidal plot to create killer robots, and his son becomes a target. So that's it for this uh, episode, and uh, good luck out there. Me personally? Thanks. I see you to offer. What <laughs> 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 do you mean just generally, people? Just generally oh, good luck. Okay. You know. All right. Wouldn't want, wouldn't want people to be some, become so engrossed in listening to us that, you know, they walk out into oncoming traffic or something, you know. Right, like people walk, oh, walking down the sidewalk, hold, look, staring at the phone, and they walk straight at you. Could happen. Oh, they drive insane, those people. <laughs> and on that note, bye. Bye.